What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analysts is work you can find over at MMA Junkie as well as OddsCheckerUS.com. But on this here program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. And that's what we're going to do here today, tonight, and whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's for the fight. I'm recording this Friday morning about 5 a.m. West Coast Pacific time for UFC Vegas 45. UFC, whatever, yeah, you know, we're just going to hit break on the car, I'm not going to get fucking cute with it, I'm going to try to make this one of the shorter ones ever, hopefully, because I just, I just don't feel like it's good for my voice, um, I don't feel like doing this right now, but i got to feed myself, uh, and hopefully I can help, uh, you know, I'm about to feed any of you guys, God forbid, you know, what the fuck you trying to feed yourself on MMA for, you're trying to be stupid like me, and you're going to listen to someone stupid like me, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I do provide a decent reference point, I suppose. We'll get to the recaps of last week, UFC 269. Check the timestamps for that and when the UFC Vegas 45 breakdown starts. As per usual, I will always recap my picks and plays at the very end of the episode. For those of you who want to skip ahead and not hear me, which I, I don't blame you. Um, going to be getting real short and sweet with everything. Just crazy week. Normal stuff. Underslept. Still haven't worked out. Even though it's my two-week. Uh, anniversary from getting my cast off, which means the doctor said I can start working out. Nothing too crazy, like with weights or, or punching bag stuff yet, although I'm, I'm trying to do that, God willing. <sighs> Set up in the garage. Um, and that's, if I can just get all these other fucking hurdles out of my way, we'll see. I know most people are crying that we're not going to have any UFC. I'm fucking, I can't wait for it because I have so much shit to do. I'm still going to be bogged down and busy with work, but all I want to do right now is just honestly just drive far away with my FJ, Benjamin, and my camera. Benjamin's my older dog of the two because he's just getting old while I waste away here in front of a computer this better half of the last of a decade. <clears throat> and as I don't have as much as I'd like to show for it, and somebody who never wanted to be the best at anything, I don't want anybody's fucking job, I don't need major, I just, just want enough to just, just barely survive it, I'm happy, I'm very content like that, and weird, you know, I'm just grateful to be doing what I'm doing, really, because I should be, I'm fucking privileged to, uh, I, I don't need anything extravagant, I'm, I am grateful enough, but, you know, when you look at the turnaround and things, meanwhile, your, your loved ones, even if they are furried loved ones, get older, and I'm like, god damn, I'm, fucking missed his prime man you know he's post prime benji now and i got some time to make up kind of would just love to just go out and get lost in the middle of nowhere with my fj benjamin my new camera that i still is in the box because i haven't had time to tinker with it since last month um and yeah just go like photograph landscapes and benjamin and just fucking get lost and not worry about the mma schedule that's what i want right now um because i don't care you guys care because you guys are fucking awesome uh, I just don't give a fuck. Um, and uh, before we push on to the breakdowns and recaps, I just, to put a capstone on that, I want to apologize. Uh, not so much apologize for last week's rants, because there's certain things like, you know, I stand by principally, you know, like with the cruise and DC thing, I I, 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 I still believe that there's no substitute for doing the work. And if, you know... You know, if I'm privileged, then you know people doing you know in those in those positions of broadcast certainly are privileged. Uh, so you would like to see them do the work, however that may be. And, but I've heard some really good arguments and talks on that from colleagues. Um, 
I know I always beat the TSN MMA show to death, but I, I wanted to shout Bazooka Joe Valtellini again because he he actually did put a twist on it as far as uh, bringing up that uh, maybe devil's advocate side for me as far as uh, DC's point as far as not watching film the traditional way to, to prep and certain things. He brought up some really interesting points on that show that, again, I don't care to rehash, but I, I just want to give credit and cite where it's due. Um, but yeah, man, and, and again, like, I'm not, I realize that, you know, me being contrarian as I tend to be, lean super hard and, and really went light on the part of, you know, um, you know, chain of command to bro code to everything in between or whatever you would classify, and bro code's kind of a dangerous term, um, maybe just chain of command kind of more based and stuff like that, or, you know. Just being a good dude, like, you know, I, I, I always try to build up um, my colleagues. So when you hear me mention them by name, like Cruz did to DC, you know, I'm usually saying something um, positive unless it's negative. But then I try to sub-say it, but then I get mad at myself. Like, I have a note here, stop sub-saying things, as in sub-tweeting things. But it's like, well... <laughs> If it's a bunch of people, why call out one person? Or if I try to call out a bunch of people, then I'm just making the rant longer and then I'm making the drama longer when really it's the principle of the point that I want to get across more than really burn someone because it's not my prerogative. So that's my own conflict. Um, but to tie this up, basically, I was listening to Bill Burr earlier this week and he was going off about something in the fashion that I tend to do as well, right? I think he's undiagnosed for sure. Um, but, uh, he, uh, stopped himself and was like, where's this coming from? You know, did a little bit of the old psychology and believe it or not, Dan actually did go to college some years. And in those years, I, I made it a point to uh, take as many psych classes as I could. I had a good professor too. So it was, it was made it easier. Psychology is a hell of a thing because I did the same thing to myself and I realized like, oh, I see it. Kind of similar to Bill, where he was citing Thanksgiving and family, as it tends to do. Spark things from your childhood, which tends to form you a bit, right? And uh, I guess you could say that happened to me. And holidays are always a tough time for, for my family, myself, etc. I'm sure many of you, by the way, my hearts are with you. Um, and uh, my heart is with you. Uh, my hat, but uh, it's... Um, you know, not just holidays, but also like year-end stuff, award stuff. And again, I'm not, my ego's not wired fucking crazily or whatever. Um, as far as that stuff goes, um, I'm not, I don't, I don't think I should be nominated, much less uh, fucking winning anything. So it's not about that, but I just, the general spirit, you know. Like, for example, I'm not going to be doing an award show uh, for this thing, even though, you know, um, Neckies is a, you know, Sounds like it definitely could be a cool play out play of things with this, you know. There's already there's handies from Heavy Hands and those guys kick ass and there's you know uh, award shows from you know formal stuff to uh, you know journalist award shows, analyst award shows, uh, fun podcast awards. Like you, there's plenty of options out there to do it, and I'm not saying begrudgingly, being honestly and genuine, and, and if anything, plugging these places as I often do, and these are friends of mine. Uh, they do it far better than me. 
so instead of doing any of that stuff, I'm going to kind of do a rough recap of uh, the unlikely champions this year's produced. Uh, this card, whatever results live from it, maybe some Q&A, and I'm going to bring on a co-host so you don't have to listen to my depressed ass. That's another hard part about doing these shows. I didn't, well, I didn't even want to do it today, but again, i got to feed myself. Is It's like ah, I don't have a producer or a co-host or all these things kind of keeping me in check and I, I can feed off of them. You know, days where it's hard like this, I really got to generate deep down. And, and I get a lot of good feedback when I'm a guest on podcasts. And I think that's just because when you have people to feed off of it, it is so much easier. Shouts to the people who do solo podcasts. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how I've done it. And I, I don't know how I've done it for a better part of half a decade now. So thank you guys. Uh, as I drive away further listeners, as I promise a short show and, and wax on. But basically, I just wanted to apologize for the we rant. You know, the, the cruise in D.C. thing. Again, because it's like, I think I know where a lot of these rants come from. I'm not even upset, like that upset at these things. And uh, it's me. It's not you, it's me. So, in the better health of all of us, this show, me, my, whatever's left of my fucking career, uh, your guys' sanity, um, I'm going to push on and just keep it and, and push on fast action. Again, it's a good betting week, but I'm not the victory lapping type, and you can tell I'm not in the mood this week, so no victory lapping if you're worried about that. <laughs> you should be from this place. It's not... My prerogative, but I'm just trying to say I'm going to make it quick. We went 7-7 seven and seven overall, which is really bad for picks, but it was a perfect uh, betting sheet for the odds checkers. We went 3-0 and oh in straight plays. Two of those were dogs. 3-6-1 and one, uh, for props and prop flyers. Again, a lot of those flyers, small amounts. And uh, as you can see, when you bet some of those things at the high numbers, you can miss a lot and then just hit a couple to uh, still profit. Uh, not usually my game, very dangerous to rely on, but, uh, you know, I guess that's me making an excuse for the numbers. Um, not that I need to make an excuse, we fucking profited. Uh, Charles Oliveira defeated Dustin Poirier. Um, I, I couldn't get there, it was kind of a crazy week, you know, family in town, and uh, it really fucks me up, which sucks, because like, I love seeing my family and the or doing things, um, but then it... Um, no matter what I do, it just digs into my schedule because when your schedule's in, yeah, yeah, and who cares? Um, yeah, uh, but it was cool. I, I did tweet that uh, my grandma, my popo doors, betted Charles Oliver. Uh, I'm not going to go back into her story, but longtime listeners of the podcast know uh, this woman is a legend, like, from the business world. She holds records. And uh, she also run, used to run a legal bookie. Um, and when I, she babysitted me, uh, she'd be watching like sports games, basketball, football, taking notes the old school way, running tape the old school way. And, uh, sorry, that's, uh, I don't know if it's Ben or Brownie snoring, guys, here in the background. Um, and, uh, while my ass just watched along, and that's how I became a Chicago Bulls fan watching the 91 championships. Um, and hence the seed was planted, and your boy was born. Uh, so, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, your boy's passions were born. So it was cool to actually, like, I didn't realize all this time I never placed a legal bet with her. So we did that, and, um, you know, I, I, I didn't bet much because I'm fucking poor. Um, and, uh, you know, she's used to uh, kind of high rolling, and ever since I was a kid, one of the few things I guess I was raised right on, I don't like, taking people's money I like using my own money so um 
I, I got our ticket, and it would have been a much more, you know, much more juicier ticket if Popo paid the t- for the tickets, but I, I paid for the betting tickets. And uh, for whatever reason, they only had, they didn't have any money line sheets out. Uh, they only had, like, prop flyers. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to take Dubronx by sub anyways. So we took some Dubronx by sub, and uh, that cashed. And uh, I tweeted it because we had the good juju on it, and it's another reason why I wanted my, I wanted to, you know, get a, get a bet in with my grandma, but I also wanted to, She's got insane luck, man. She's insane. Like, she's, like, she can still, she's 90, and she can still talk football. Like, she's got a soft spot for Mahomes right now because Mahomes, like, a couple seasons ago when they won or whatever, like, she had, a, she, like, was on him in the, in the future. Like, she laid down, like, big money. Uh, So, like, that fucking cash really big for her. And uh, so she's always had a soft spot, but she can, like, talk shit with anybody on sports. It's insane. She didn't know about MMA, though, so so she left that part to me. Uh, and, uh, thank you, Dubronx. Um, and thank you for all y'all with the, uh, show on the Popo Love. Popo, is, I know, police, no, it's, uh, I know that's, that's slang. Depends what dialect Chinese you're speaking, but where we grew up in Hawaii, and the Chinese Hawaiians, we, um, and I don't know if it's exactly, it's, I don't think it's exactly Cantonese, even though that is the dialect that my family speaks. Um, is, um, but yeah, Popo for grandma, Gung Gung for grandpa is how, uh, we, uh, we always went, went by it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was cool. Thank you, Dubronx. Um, directionality. I know I'm talking about my fucking grandma, not the fight. Sorry, guys. It's late. Drinking a little bit too. It's the end of the year. Um, uh, it was directionality. Uh, did say that in my breakdown. Poyer's credit, he did, uh, Aside from walking with that check hook that dropped him, which, again, I, I did say the lead hands was particular to watch out for from both fighters. Um, aside from that moment, his best moments came from when he was pushing forward, and to his credit, he did try to. But, again, more times than not, as I explained and, and cited specific examples of, the directionality uh, seemed to be on um, Olivero's side, Bronx. Slim Charles, yo, Slim Charles, Slim Charles, dog, Slim Charles. I'm on a wire kick, folks. So. Slim Charles. All right. Um. Yeah. So that 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 felt good. Um. Oh boy. I, I, I good thing I only laid some prop flyers on this one, and I didn't lose my ass off like the three hundred thousand dollar better because Juliana Payne defeated Amanda Nunes. I was like walking through a casino drunk at this point trying to catch up with my goddamn grandma like she, she's out partying us all it was insane all the cousins were minus one uh, were together for the first time and we we none of us could keep up with my grandma and we were all ready to turn in and when i dropped her off at downtown vegas she was went she didn't even go to her room she just went and gambled more she takes shots she's crazy um people don't believe she's 90 and I, yeah i don't know but, uh, yeah, I was trying to find her, and I looked at this result, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Um, I'm like, I gotta watch this shit. And it was, it was pretty comical. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't even, you know, I mean, yeah, I did say, you know, uh, Julianne Pena does improve her jab and slips offline with it. Um, did say she was gonna have to take up front to, if she wanted to come back and win, but can I... Say that I believe that to take any credit? No, none. 
Uh, in fact, that's why I just shot a credit to my man, uh, Schwan Humes. By the way, speaking of heavy hands, um, Schwan was on there, and that was awesome. It was like three of my favorite analysts. Three, I don't want to say three of the best because, you know, there's so many good ones that, you know, uh, you know fight site to other places. Um, but, you know, just, just three of the best, three of my favorite, right? Um, Schwan, Phil, and, and Connor. So go check that out, that episode. And I've had, I've had, uh, uh, Schwan on the show before. That was a really, really unique top five, really fun one. Um, the, uh, coaching tools, uh, episode, um, you can go back and check that out. Um, and, uh, just go check out his stuff, man. Uh, Schwan's awesome. Um, Speaking of basketball, dude, coaches basketball, um, but yeah, uh, shoots, I can't, I can't, I can't take no credit on this one, and uh, I'm happy for no one because I'm, I'm not really a fan of, but I'm, I'm definitely more of a fan of Nunez. Um, gosh, especially just Pena being so goddamn cringy, but you know we knew that, so whatevs, party on, Wayne, Jeff, uh, Neil behind the wheel. Steel defeated Santiago Pontanibio. Um Yeah, I didn't disagree with uh, Jeff Neal getting the nod there. Um, Kai Carr France defeated Cody Garbrandt. That felt fucking good. Um, I forgot to, to tell you guys in the podcast and make an emphasis of it. Uh, I still did it myself, but I was going to say if, Cody, if Kai Carr France wins, everybody tweet pictures of your dog. And uh, that would have been fucking awesome to get that going. And I'm dumb. And by, as you could tell, by the time I get to these podcasts, the week fucking has its way with me. I'm like I'm like Edward Norton in the fucking, you know, getting stitched up, talking to my old professor, going, I see the way. I was wrong. Wow, Dan, that's a really graphic reference. Uh, by the time I get to this podcast, by the time the week gets done with me, <laughs> Jesus, I don't need, you know, American History X shower ray reference to get that across, Dan, but okay. Uh, yeah, where was I? Cody Garbrandt. Oh, Jesus. Sorry, I just pictured Cody as part of that crew. <laughs> Nazi crew. There's <laughs> just a couple of tweaks he's got to make to the Eagle. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Holy fuck, dude. I cannot get away from, like, white supremacist shit, by the way. Like, I think I was, like, trying to, like, design, like, I, they don't listen to the podcast. So I designed, like, some hoodies for my mom and my, uh, my stepdad. And I'm, like, looking for, like, logos for it. Like, hearts, peace signs, right? To go with, like, texts. And, like... For my stepdad, he's a military, right? So I'm like trying to get him like the military one. I got him this cool graphic of like a dude like looks like he's crazy pulling a grenade and you know fucking. My stepdad is pretty much Walter from the Big Lebowski. Like I'm not even kidding, Polish Catholic everything. Um, so it's like, oh, this is fucking great. But like, if you go down, there's like like American stuff, and then then it goes to like no other countries, but it goes to like straight up German shit, and there's like. Iron Eagles, like literally verbatim Iron Eagles minus the swastika. I was just like, can we just, like, no wonder fucking my whole Instagram is fucking, like, between being in the outdoor stuff and MMA, my whole Instagram's like, kill crew, blue lives matter, fuck, fuck China. Actually, I do get this fuck China thing that always comes across my, like, on the, on the shopping thing. It's ridiculous. Uh, what fight am I breaking down? Oh, yeah. Cody Garbrandt, Kai Kara, France. Um, I was right on that one. Yeah. Cash it. Sean O'Malley defeated Holly and Paiva. Um, I thought it was going to be more by decision, but the pick was right. Uh, although I I picked Paiva on Verbal Tap, which didn't matter because I, I still lost. Shout out to the Verbal Tap podcast, by the way. Those guys are awesome. I owe a bet to Kevin, so I still would have lost to Kevin anyways. Uh, um, 
And I gotta get fucking drunk and do some kind of message. Hopefully it's close. Either way, maybe I'll record too. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I make jokes as if people listen to this thing. But go listen to Verbal Tap. Those guys are fucking awesome. Those guys are OGs. Um, I always gotta give respect to the OGs, you know? Um, I don't, they, they, they haven't been around as long as MMA Junkie Radio, but they've been along like pretty much like the same time as like co-main event and shit. I mean, Verbal Tab's been around for a minute, man. Y'all, y'all gotta check them out. Good dudes too. Funny dudes. Josh Emmett defeated Danny. Yeah, this is the one I forgot to go back and rewatch, so I don't got an opinion on it. Dominic Cruz defeated Pedro Pedro Munoz. Uh, I don't, I don't disagree with the score on that one. Happy to see Cruz win. Glad I stayed away. Also glad I stayed away. Uh, Taito Vasa defeated uh, Gusto Sakai. Bruno Blundell Silva defeated Jordan Wright. Um, it, it wasn't on this show, but I did say uh, the one play I added, which is another reason why you got to listen to the pre-show I do with Aaron Brownsitter, was Blundell Silva plus 150 round one. And I, excuse me, that cashed. Andre Muniz defeated Eric Anders. Who saw that coming? Um, that was the play of the night for me, for sure. And uh, what does Muniz got to do to get a bonus, man? It's fucking bullshit. I know, but he asked for a bonus. Plenty of people ask for bonuses and still get it. And at this point, I would ask out of spite, especially if he keeps finishing people. It's like, fuck you, pay me. Pay the submission grappler, motherfuckers. Not the hype strikers, come on. Um, and, you know, to my credit, it was funny, like, what did it, even before, like, Muniz got the, uh, double leg, he actually separated from Anders, which was funny, because Anders, like, threw a couple punches, and then what did Anders do? He shot for a takedown, like, under 30 seconds, like, he shot for a takedown on Muniz. Again, that's not how the fight ended up on the ground, but, prove my point, did it not, right? Um... I was scared because there's people I respected picking Anders, so that's the only reason why I was I was very shocked and passionate breaking that down. But also the money in it, right? Hey, why not? <coughs> uh, Blanchfield defeated Man and Maverick. Uh, I'm glad I stayed away from that one, uh, even though the pick was wrong. Uh, Hall defeated Derek Zarek. Uh, Tony Kelly defeated uh, Randy Costa. Um, oof, Costa, man, tough. That is tough, man. That's a tough part of seeing these guys like go get to the UFC at 3-0. It's like, you might as well be the death sentence. It's like you either get washed out and your confidence crushed, or you, God forbid, beat somebody, and then they really throw you in the deep end, and you really get fucked up and crushed. Yeah. But we got to fill content on ESPN, folks. That's the game. It's the numbers. Uh, Jillian Robertson defeated uh, Priscilla Cachoeira. Um... Yeah, I picked my big Roberts in there. Okay, all right, uh, that's that. What 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 fucking time is it? Twenty three. Okay, maybe not the fastest episode ever, but we'll we'll try to get through pretty fast here. Um, watched through a lot of you know I like making money in early in the card, but there wasn't a lot early in the card, so I didn't watch a lot or target a lot. Um, I watched a lot of the main card and some in the prelims, but I watched a lot more importantly on everything I targeted. Doesn't mean it's gonna win, of course. It's the name of the game, all in the game, yo. But this fight night is head headlined by Chris Dawkins minus 145 versus Derek Lewis plus 125. Obviously, it's easy to argue the values on the more veteran fighter, the more proven fighter, the underdog in the heavyweight contest alone. 
I hear you, Brownie. Um, but uh, I, I picked Dawkins here, uh, Dukakis. Um, but uh, yeah, I think um, I don't want to say like I've said because again, you give credit where credit's due. One of the, my favorite commentators in the game, Brian Stan, I said uh, this uh, way back when, and it's really aged well. Is that um, when fighters try to wrestle with Derek Lewis, that's when they get in trouble. Uh, oddly enough, it's when fighters strike that they do best. If you look at it, quick fighters, deceptively athletic fighters, fighters who strike, uh, Mark Hunt, Matt Mitrione fits the bill. Um, gone as well. Of course, he's really next level, right? But still, uh, those guys fit the bill. Um, those guys have done well against Derek Lewis, right? I mean, the only person done well really wrestling against Derek Lewis is like Cormier. Right? you got to be like that level. Um, so I don't think Dawkins will lean on his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt this Saturday. In fact, sounds like a really bold prediction again, almost borderline disrespectful. I mean, he might not get it done in the first. It might be in the round like the third, like I didn't see it coming like last week, right? Even though I was right on the pick, wrong on the round. That's fine. But um, I actually picked Dawkins officially by first round finish because Derek Lewis doesn't really get finishes till the second. Dawkins is a fast starter. Derek Lewis is a slow starter. And again, he, he likes to stick to striking. So if he can stay disciplined, um, I think that fall, small cage will force some exchanges one way or the other. And Dawkins can punch in combination. He, he can counter. He can pitch and counter off combination a bit. Uh, obviously come forward like most all heavyweights can. So yeah, I think we get a we get we get a, a finish one way or the other. I'm gonna go with Dawkins, and I'm going with it early. Not confident enough with it early to do the under, because you know maybe he is really disciplined, which would be good. Maybe he is extra cautious with it being his first main event in the UFC five round fight, all that stuff. Um, so all those things are absolutely in play, which is why I'm not suggesting any play in the over. I'm not suggesting any play at all, but the analysis I will stick to. Uh, and that points to a pick of uh, an early pick for Dacus if you're picking him, and that is me. Uh, good luck if you played that fight. I didn't. Next fight, uh, Steven Wonderboy Thompson minus 220, Bilal Muhammad plus 180. That's kind of the theme. Is like was a lot of these fights that I, I would break down is like, especially these top two where I was looking for some angles, and I still end up on the favorite, but just not as confident on the favorite kind of a deal, you know? And that's the case here. Um, I still think that uh, Thompson can win and win by decision if he can't finish Muhammad because Muhammad gets rocked, but he's also ridiculously tough, durable, good recoverability, good fight, uh, fight IQ. Um, hard to get out of there, right? Uh, but if he's hard to get out of there and he's going to look to wrestle, he's got really, he's got good chain wrestling. He's not the same athlete. Uh, I don't know this 5'11 shit. He's five, there's a lot of people they're adding height on. Um they, they, I think they added like an inch of height and reach on on Bilal at UFC.com. Another reason why you gotta fucking be careful about going to that site. Jesus Christ. Um, but uh, he's the same side as his and even though he never fought at lightweight, like did, uh, but he he's not as athletic as Lujinho, uh, even though he's more durable, right? Um, but he is a better chain wrestler, I would say, as far as like some of the chains and stuff that he does. Not better. Uh, he will. Uh, he's a more willing chainer, whereas I think Durinho is um, one to two to three, depending on the adjustments. 
but they're more slower, not as fluid, more dependent on um, on his power, I think. Uh, so it's hard to say. One of the things I was looking at a lot, though, is that when he, whether he can get, it's it's funny. It's like guys you think you shouldn't be able to take down so easily he does, like a second-degree judo black belt and judo national team member like Sato. Uh, but then, you know, he has trouble with harder guys like, guys like Lima, who, to his defense, Lima did, as commentary noted, step up his takedown defense, right? And Good didn't do too bad either, but Good also, he comes from that camp, um, Tiger Showman's, which is like, a karate kickboxing camp, it seems like, but they have deceptively good counter wrestling, right? And takedown defenders there. So they know how to take down, uh, defend takedowns. And in the spirit of takedown defense in modern day, beyond the sprawl, that is, is you need that wizard and hand separation. Especially like a guy like Bilal, who's going to get you into the cage, does well with the body lock, will shuck off to the side if you can get an angle and reap outside of a knee. Um, that wizard becomes your life and death. And that was the key uh, for. Diego Lima. So when I went to look at Stephen Thompson, that's something that he's been doing it for some time. He has the wide stance, as a lot of tall guys do. Uh, the hoisting wizard. And uh, I really like that here. Um, that being said, Muhammad could sell out, and he's smart enough to sell out for a really boring fight to make it close, even if he doesn't win it. Um, but, you know, I went back and looked, and Thompson, you know, he didn't look completely shot. In fact, he looked better, and both there was also a slight argument for him to win, um, although I, 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 I didn't score it that way, probably because I was countering my betting bias, right? Um, yeah, but all in all, the point is he didn't look as bad. And as we saw with the judges with the Metafield and Knight, um, even though judges have kind of been you know all over the place on 10-8s, back and forth with the directive a bit in the last year, year or two, uh, the trend toward, you know, uh, the their interpretation of cri criteria being damage emphasization uh, has not um, changed too drastically. You know, of course, it's inconsistent, as is all dealings with officials and commission, athletic commission members. But in general, that is the direction they've been aiming to, I would argue. So for that reason, I will take Thompson, especially if even if Bilal's able to get him down or stymie against the cage, I, I feel like. Thompson can, uh, if he can't finish him, he can rock him and, and stumble him, and, which should be enough to win the rounds um, two of the three times. Two three, two out of the three times. So. Yeah, Stephen Thompson, but no plays. Next fight, uh, Amanda Lemos, minus 310. Angela Hill, plus 245. Um, Lemos is the first leg of a parlay. That'll be at odds checker. Um, I took her here. Her pinpoint right hands coming forward and off the counter just really seem like they're gonna. You know, she could potentially be the first person to stop Hill by strikes. I'm not counting on it, but I think she could stagger her into submission or just scare her off enough and hurt her enough to make it a really clear decision. Um, I missed the decision, the submission opener at plus fourteen hundred, as I really do with all openers. So I mean that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. But if you can find it plus six seventy five or plus seven hundred, which is the houses uh, that. Uh, the places that I got it in, I'm not sh sure where it's listing now. Kind of roughly the same, I think. Let me check. Yeah, we're still around 675, 680, depending on where you look. Um, or when you're listening to this, I guess, right? Uh, but here's the thing. She's gotten submissions before, as we saw in UFC with a Granger fight, and she has that, that crazy power on her choke. Um, but really, she comes from the Marajo Brothers team, which is uh, Yuri and Ildemar Alcantara, 
Um, very jiu-jitsu savvy team. They both compete uh, in jiu-jitsu as well as MMA. Uh, Davison Figueiredo comes from there as well. Um, speaking of that rear naked choke death grip, right? <laughs> they both kind of had that. Um, and you factor in that, uh, you know, she can get rocked and club and sub, plus the fact that whether she's clubbed or not, um, Hill has been actively wrestling more. And, um, and I think that, uh, I think that the submission can come to fruition. So I sprinkled a, uh, 0.24 on the submission and Lemos is first leg of the prop. Nope. late. Next fight, Ricky Simon. Ricky Simon, vato. Minus 280. Hiccup, sorry. Rafael Sunsau plus 25. This fight were a few years ago. I take Rafael Sunsau all day, especially at dog money. I would bank that Simone would produce enough offense to just get countered because um, counter shots are what hit him the most. And a Sunsau has crazy good takedown defense. The problem is no one's shot on him in like four years since uh, Matthew Lopez, who, again, was in the kind of another case of like a guy who got pushed way too far, fast way too soon, even found some success with only made his uh, worse. And I don't think, I don't know if we've ever heard from him, uh, him again. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't his last win. His last win was an impressive one against Rob Font where he shut him down, countering the jab, part of the reason why I picked Aldo. But, again, like Font was like, his feints were almost like vacant. He almost had none in that fight. He was still very much developing. Font's been developing a lot later on, right? Because he got started late in the game. And you can see that in that fight. So it's, it's le it, you know, it's less surprising than what current times would tell you, if that makes sense, with all due respect, right, to Font. Um, and his awesome team, right? Um, Sunsau's the man. As John Anik says, you know, uh, a sophisticated eye will always appreciate a Sunsau. And again, you know, my snobby ass with the arguments and things that I stand for. Uh, of course, I'm a Sunsau fan. Um, that being said, you know, he's coming off of another long layoff, which he tends to not look good when he comes off the long layoff, especially after health issues. We saw that at UFC 200. I was there for that one where he lost his winning streak. Um, and he's also, you know, rearing 40 years old as well as coming off the layoff. Um, Simone has decent speed. He moves his head. He's getting better defense, working with uh, Colin, Oyena, uh, not Oyena, Colin Oyama. I think one of the fighter. Um, Darren Oyama, I think is what I was thinking of. Colin Oyama, he's working there. Uh, and I like that. You know, he's also recently got his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt, and that's something that he needs to work on, more of his mat wrestling portion. You see him, you know, getting better, his commentary notes, at putting, you know, keeping his uh, opponents heavy on their hands because that's one of the critiques on Simone. Simone Vato, you know, with his fight with Rob Font where he wasn't able to control Font. You know, Font really worked on, you really saw his improved get-up game in that that fight. Uh, that, that came to light in that fight, right? And that really helped uh, that plus the jab uh, in that long length. Uh, Sunside will have counters that could stop Simone, uh, but I still think Simone's going to shoot. And even if he gets sprawled on, he's not one to be deterred. Uh, Sunside not one to really grapple or scare people. He's more just kind of keeping himself safe, his hips safe. He likes to go to the front headlock. Uh, and I feel like Simone, you know, he'll be able to shuck by those and keep pressuring on. 
and perhaps eventually break down a Sun Tzu. Um, Sun Tzu, even earlier, you know, on like five years ago or so, would, would kind of look tired, I noticed, when he would get toward the end of the fights. Um, even though he's deceptively fast for his age and experience, um, I actually, before speed, or even before chin, despite him coming off of a brutal knockout even, I would say that the gas tank will, will is the more dependable thing on as far as if you're counting on something or betting on something, I should say, to take a hit. Um, that's something that goes with time for everybody and something that seems really hard to stave off. Uh, so say what you will about uh, Simon Vato. He puts on a hell of a pace. So if, so long as he doesn't get stopped, I feel like you should win this one off of pace. Uh, I didn't play it. I may look at Simone by decision, but... Uh, I did actually play, put Simone in a, uh, a five leg to attach onto the three leg as a bonus. So keep that in mind. Next fight, uh, Mateusz Gamrot, minus 180. Carlos Diego Fajeda, plus 155. Took Gamrot here. Um, not sure if he wants to go southpaw or orthodox. If he stays southpaw, he'll be good. As Carlos Diego Fajeda, I think, is one and four against the UFC level southpaws. That. One victory coming against OAM, uh, Olivier Aubin Mercier. But keep in mind that was off of a really weird circumstance. Layoff, um, CDF also pops hot right after that fight. So for whatever that's worth. Uh, that being said, he also plays a unique spoiler because of his pace, his jujitsu abilities. He's not just a black belt. He is a third-degree black belt, like a Muniz. He even tries to do a similar um, tuck under the arm un uh, arm bar, except he misses it all the time. And he's a lightweight, you know, but then again, his opponents are lightweights, right? As opposed to Muniz's opponents are middleweights. No offense, middleweights, just saying. Um, he can be caught by surprise at that weight when you have a guy that moves like a lighter guy. Well, there's plenty of lighter guys in the lightweight division, right? It's lightweight. Uh, that being said, I'm going to go with Gamrat here. Um, he comes from a wrestling base. Uh, but he, you know, really likes leg locks. A Nogi ADCC winner for Europe. Um, not saying he's a better grappler or anything, but I think he can uh, scramble with Diego Fajeda. I think his cardio will hold up. Uh, I think his striking, which is improving, um, can be able to keep him at range. But Diego Fajeda has been getting much better at countering and using his variety and putting it together. So, but again, his age, the, the fact that he's having a tough time with weight cuts, um, I'm going to pick Gamera here, but I stayed away. Good luck if you played it. Next fight, Cub Swanson, minus 190. Darren Matt Damon, plus 160. Um, the Matt Damon doll himself. I'm back in the Matt Damon doll. Uh, everybody's favorite underdog, Darren Elkins, because he's an underdog that will fight for your money. And he's a wrestle-heavy underdog and a wrestle-heavy underdog in the small cage. He's a guy who's traditionally fared fared poorly against specialists and or wrestlers. In fact, the only specialist is Cron Gracie that he turned away in 2019. Again, another case of a guy, based on his name and all other factors, just getting to the big stage and not too hard of a push, too fast. Uh, to his own disservice, I don't think Cron's even fought since then, right? Um, but yeah, aside from that, um, Swanson typically has always traditionally had trouble with that, so... Uh, unless Swanson knocks out, you know, Darren Elkins, which I know Darren Elkins gets fucked up a lot, but I think in the last decade, I think he's only been stopped twice, you know, uh, and he fights a lot. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick Darren Elkins. I laid the money line, 0.77 units, uh, just as a dog play. 
And uh, he will be second tier uh, for that five-legger bonus as well, actually, with uh, Simon Vato. Second leg of that parlay, Gerald Mearshart, minus 235. Dustin Stolfus, who really likes Germany, plus 190, like really into Germany. Uh, which is, again, nothing wrong, you know. You know uh, fucking, my dad just a suspect. The man's fucking pure Chinese, and he speaks fluent German to the point where he used to dream in German. Uh, <laughs> uh, scheiße. Um, and, and, and you know what? Uh, traveling through Europe, the German people were so fucking nice. God damn, I love Germany. So I'm not, I'm not hating. I'm just saying, you know, it's funny. I said it as a joke, but now it's like, oh God, you know, it could be something. Uh, but a few, a couple of years ago, whenever he made his debut on the Contender Series, I was like, wow, this guy's really into Germany, and I'm pretty sure he made questionable hand signals on his way out to the ring. I'm like, now in this day and age, I'm like, yeah, that's probably, that's just a feature of MMA. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm sure Dustin Stolfus is a really nice guy. Trains in my backyard syndicate and uh, shouted out a recent Instagram post. Uh, one of my coaches, you know, Melanson, catch wrestling. So, uh, you know, um, I definitely not, I'm definitely not shitting on the dude, uh, you know, or anything like that. Or you know, I'm just, 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 just having fun here, folks. He lacks. But I'm going to be picking against him because I'm not impressed, even though he's, you know, kind of like myself. Uh, it seems like he's done a like, lifelong martial arts, but like myself, just because you've done lifelong martial arts doesn't mean you're good. He's obviously way better, better looking, better athlete, better everything than me. Not shitting on the guy. Believe me. Props to him. Uh, just saying, you know, uh, being critical. Um, I, I don't know if he's put it together to the level of the experience that he's going to be up against, which is what we need to be gauging him off of because that's relevant. It's what he's facing. That is GM3, Gerald Mearshart. Uh, we haven't seen him against many southpaws, but, you know, against Kyle Dawkins, he seemed pretty lost. And I feel like Kyle Dawkins, if he would have stuck with the body work especially or just a more consistent pace, um, may have been able to get him out of there. And if you look at Kyle Dawkins' record, the dude is zero TKO wins. And he almost got him out of there, arguably. Uh, the contender series guy hurt him to, bo- to the body. Uh, Adolfo Vieira, if he didn't throw, if if he wasn't just spamming literally jabs and crosses to the head every time, um, I, I bet you he would have hurt him to the body too. The body seems like an availability, and GM3 has uh, put dudes out with a body kick before. He is that classic southpaw weapon. Um, training with a lot of good fighters, especially, especially with uh, Bilal Muhammad, where they're going to complement each other well. Bilal's got a, a, a tall rangy southpaw to take down, and Gerald Mearshart, as he said uh, in interviews leading up, that he wants to keep it standing, which would make sense. Um, so they they would complement each other. And I know Bilal is only 5'10", and they try to make him to be taller, but Stolfa is only six foot, maybe even smaller than that, does not seem like a very big guy at all, uh, whereas GM3 is a sizable middleweight. Um, so, yeah, I like Gerald here. Um, the submission prop is not juicy enough, and with Stoltzfus being, you know, I believe he's like a brown belt in BJJ or brown belt in Luther Livre and a purple belt in BJJ, and he does catch wrestling. Uh, not saying he can't be submitted. He might be hurt, clubbed, and sub, but I think he's going to get clubbed here. I think he's going to get hurt to the body here, and it could be a TKO. So for that reason, I would look more toward inside the distance, which at my house is currently listing minus 105. I want to see if I can get plus money um, if it's trending that way. I want to wait uh, because I'll, I would – at least the way I bet, would be putting down considerably a lot less and could add a sprinkle, whereas I would feel obligated to lay almost chalk prices, in in a sense. 
for a minus 105, which is essentially like a unit, and I don't want to do that for a guy that I'm already exposed to unit on uh, in GM3, especially a guy like, no offense to Gerald, I, I typically don't use for parlay, but th this just kind of makes sense. So he'll be the second leg. Third leg, Hione Barcelos. Yeah, the honorary third leg. We, we all want to be the third leg of the party, Hione. Uh, if you know what I'm saying, easy, Dan. Uh, versus Victor Henry, plus 260. Uh, Josh Barnett product. Went and watched uh, uh, a decent amount of his fights for the last half a decade. And uh, so I've, I've been aware of this guy for a while. Um, he looks to be at least a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, though obviously he's mainly a catch wrestling guy under Barnett. Um, i just seen pictures of him with a gi and a brown belt. Knows his way around the mat. Uh, his striking style is interesting. It's like a mix of like Muay Thai and like Wing Chun. You know, he has these, like, really, like, short forearm frames. and um, But he does, uh, you know, the way he'll throw the inside elbows and, and, and wind around the knees. Uh, there's a lot of, lot, of, uh, lot of classic Muay Thai in there. Um, and maybe that might be his best shot of, uh, is, is tagging and, and perhaps, like, clubbing something a guy like uh, Hione Barcelos. But Barcelos is going to be big and strong for the weight class. Um, he's deceptively experienced as well in his own right. And I think, especially after losing his momentum and his age, I imagine he's going to fight a bit conservatively, which makes me want to look at that over two and a half, considering Victor Henry never been stopped, even though he is taking this fight on short notice. But the point is I'm going to pick Barcelos because whether he finishes or not, he's going to probably be getting this fight to the ground because A, it's a small cage that may force that, and B, more importantly, uh, Victor Henry, uh, most of the fights that I've seen that he's lost or kind of just had I issues or close fights with were fighters who could came from judo wrestling or judo bases and could competently, you know, wrestle slash grapple by MMA standards. Um, and that is Barcelos, grappling since six years old, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, father Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, uh, South American wrestling champion, Brazilian former uh, member of the Brazilian national wrestling team. Um... I think Barcelos, uh, whether he's conservative or not, uh, I feel like we get a grappling fight, and I feel like Victor Henry, as his career has proven, will be tough to finish. So uh, I like that over two and a half. You can find it at Plus Money. I think I sprinkled on it at one of my houses where I could find that at. I only sprinkled, uh, what was it, 0.3 units, 0.30 units, so again, real small. Um, and he will be the third leg of the parlay with uh, GM3 and Lemos at plus 143. Um, if you add Simon Vato and Elkins, it's plus 744. And I put half a unit on that. Full one uh, 1.35 unit, I should say, sorry, on the three-legger um, and the way that ends up. So I did little bonuses for each leg in case the parlay falls apart. Um, maybe not the over, but if the Lemos sub or the GM3... Um, if I end up laying it inside the distance at plus 100, I'll probably do like 0.5 or maybe just over. It's kind of like pretty much make up for the parlay. So I'll pretty much just need one of those bonuses to hit to essentially almost essentially cover the parlay. And then if the parlay does hit and then those bonuses hit, it's all just gravy bonus. Um, if Elkin hits, um, it'll cover the cost for the parlay. Um... But if Elkins hit and the parlay hits, then we're live. We'll just need Simone to close that plus 744, if that all makes sense. I'll recap this at the end. Uh, and I'll speed through the rest because I really didn't play, uh, pay too much attention because I'm not playing it. Uh, Tafa minus 335. Hunsucker plus 260. Took Tafa. 
stayed away. Uh, Star Eubanks minus 160. Melissa Gato plus 140. Took Sarge. I would have played her if I got her at that plus money opener, but not worth the shot on chalk, even though I, I do like how she sounds, feels. She really seems to be in her groove right now. Um, so I don't, I, I, I don't blame people laying the money. I just, I'm trying to be disciplined. Um, Charles Jordan. Minus 180, Andre Uhl plus 155. You know, I was tempted to pick, and even if I didn't, even though I didn't pick Uhl, to still sprinkle on him because how rude of me would it be not to sprinkle on Uhl, giving him so much shit, being so hard on him uh, at 135, saying he's a 145er, and now he's actually coming up to 145. Nevertheless, with the way Charles Jordan fights, I still think he's going to attack the legs. He is still a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, so even though his wrestling's not so much there, he will still have a golf advantage if he gets Uhl to the ground. Um, even though I think Jordan by decision is the official pick and the most likely outcome, this is still a fight where I, I feel so disrespectful because Uhl's finally moving up, so he might not even fade now, right? Uh, so, which is why I haven't and probably won't. I'll just stay away. But I, I, I'm still, even with Uhl moving up, I'm still tempted to fucking play his opponent in round three, Jordan. I pick Jordan. I don't know if I'll sprinkle that or not, but good luck with whatever you play. And I'll be happy for Uhl if he wins there. I stayed away. Um, I was going to play this, but the line leveled out despite the terms, I think, favoring against my pick. Raquel Pennington, minus 165. Macy Chasson, plus 145. Taking Pennington. Um, to school the young up-and-comer in the clinch where they think that they're comfortable. But she's also had trouble with athletic girls, and Shaysan is in the stage where she could be improving. So really sketchy fight to me, especially that it got moved. It's probably on Macy's uh, idea to go to 145. I don't know, and Raquel's just too tough to, like, to negotiate it. So I stayed. I, I got weird bad feelings. Um, dogs on the way out, but not confident enough to play them as we have Car... Carbo Parisian, shouts to Brascheck for that nickname, one of my favorites. Look, Carl, Carl's uh, the long lost Parisian brother from the mid that got re relocated to the Midwest. Plus 160 against uh, Dante Willie Mays Hayes. Mays, minus 190. Um, just took Parisian just to survive the uh, more potent moments of Mays, perhaps. And since he's kind of fleet of foot and can do a bit of his karate drive too with some spinning shit, maybe throw Mays off. And outlast him down the stretch for another greasy-ass decision. Um, I stayed away from it, but Parisian, it's dog or pass if you ask me, even if he's not your pick. Jordan, you love it, it love it. Minus 125, Matt Sales. Plus 105, want to play Matt Sales here as a dog, but I'm just sticking to just picking him uh, because, A, I didn't research it, and, B, once I researched it enough to see that Matt Sales was moving up in weight, that one I wasn't calling for, and that one kind of scratches me, and I'm not sure what to make. So this is a wait and see no matter who you pick. I'm going to stick to my sales pick that I submitted for Junkie Staff Picks, but uh, I'm not I'm not too confident. I'm not too confident in it. All right, how did we do on time? Please tell me we did under an hour. All right, we did under an hour. Look at that. All right, uh, sorry about my meandering and just depressed ass. I was able to kind of pull the plane up a bit. Um, taking... Dawkins over Lewis. Uh, taking Thompson over Muhammad. Taking Lemosh over Hill. Taking Kamrat over Fajeda. Taking Elkins over Swanson. Taking Mearshot over Stoltzfus. Taking Barcelos over Henry. Taking Tafa over Hunsucker. 
taking Eubanks over Cato, taking Jodin over Ewell, taking Pennington over Chesson, taking Parisian over Mays, taking Levitt over Sales. Parlay GM3, Lemos, and Hayoni Barcelos for plus 143 at 1.35 units. If you add Simon Vato and Elkins, uh, you can get in the neighborhood of plus 744, and I put half a unit on that. Played Elkins straight up at the money line at plus 165 at 0.77 units. Took a little bonus on Lemos by sub, plus 675 at 0.24 units. Little bonus on Barcelos Henry over 2.5, plus 100, 0.30 units. Uh, GM3 by sub, plus 175. I don't know about that, but I'm going to look to see if that inside the distance line at minus 105 tips over to plus money, in which case your boy will lay 0.5 units on that one. Avoid whatever you like. Play whatever you like. Um, I don't deserve shit, really. Like, So uh, I don't know if I can't really plug the YouTube or the Apple. Um, I guess I could plug MixedMarshallAnalyst.com that hosts this free program. Uh, where I've been churning out all the goods for over half a decade now. If you want to support the free stuff, it does mean a lot, folks. If you're doing any shopping at crappy places like Amazon for Christmas, if you go to MixedMarshallAnalyst.com, just add two clicks to your repertoire. It's literally all you have to do for no extra cost. Click the Amazon link and you do your shopping there. It just cuts a small percentage of the sale, no extra cost to you to this year's show. Same with the Onnit stuff, uh, which won't be on till uh, next year, so get it now before they start selling uh, ivermectin and shit, because uh, I'm going to be taking them down regardless if they do or not. Um, but if you want to support, that's how. If not, you have to support shit companies like that, but like, you can instead just hit the donation link right above those, because it's a safe, secure PayPal link. It's also my link tree, at DanTomMMA. The only social media I'm really active on, really, if I'm being honest, at the PYM Podcast on all social platforms, Daniel Tom MMA on YouTube. Not that I deserve it. It's the reason why fucking everyone and their mother can get more followers in my ass. I don't deserve it. I need to just step up my game. So um, thank you guys. For those of you who do listen, I don't know why you need to seek help. But hopefully I can at least help you in the meantime. Maybe make some money, huh? Good luck on your picks and plays. I'll be uh, back next week with a co-host who will, uh, hopefully with a co-host, uh, that'll cheer me up. Uh, regardless, uh, go check out, by the way, Tuman, Tanger Gnome, and the fight site. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, all right. Protect your neck. <laughs>